Heritage Foundation. I'm Tim Desher, and this is Heritage Explains. Apartheid left a devastating mark on South Africa and the world. In 1948, several laws were passed, officially making whites the superior race, and subjected blacks to discrimination in almost every aspect of life. Blacks were stripped of their right to own a business or land in white areas, and were forced into using separate schools, transportation, and public facilities. Many blacks were denied citizenship, and even interracial marriages were forbidden. This lasted for a long 46 years until it was finally overturned in 1994. Since then, South Africans have built a thriving country with peaceful transitions of power and the strongest economy in Africa. But as in many cases in life, healing from past wounds is not always easy. Throughout the past 24 years, since apartheid ended, many proposals have surfaced to make right what was made wrong. One of those is the idea of expropriation, or the action by a government of taking private property and giving it to someone else. In this case, it's taking land from whites and giving to blacks. Last month, the president of South Africa, Cyril Ramaphosa, and the ruling political party, the ANC, took it a step further and announced they will move to amend the South African Constitution to allow for expropriation without compensation. The ANC will, through the parliamentary process, finalize a proposed amendment to the Constitution that outlines more clearly the conditions under which expropriation of land without compensation can be effected. The intention of this proposed amendment is to promote redress, advance economic development, increase agricultural production and food security. It will also transform the unjust spatial realities in urban areas. Now, this announcement sent the international press into a frenzy, and even President Trump weighed in on Twitter. South Africa's ruling African National Congress committed on Tuesday to amending the Constitution to allow the state to seize land without paying compensation. President Ramaphosa now wants to push ahead with. He says the amendment will help drive economic growth. The president of South Africa, Cyril Ramaphosa, has begun, and you may have seen this in the press, seizing land from his own citizens without compensation because they are the wrong skin color. The idea that you can take land from productive white farmers and give it to people who are unskilled in the industry and expect food production to stay the same or increase is ridiculous. The moment that there's no property rights is the moment that other businesses leave the country. So where does South Africa currently stand on this? How much land, if any, has been taken? Is it even possible to do this in a fair manner while at the same time accomplishing the goal of making up for past wrongs? We asked Joshua Mazurvi, a senior policy analyst focusing on Africa in the Douglas and Sarah Allison Center for Foreign Policy here at the Heritage Foundation, to explain. Joshua, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. 
Before we get into the the current issue of expropriation without compensation, can you give us a sense for how this has developed since apartheid ended in 1994? So this has always been a uh, land issues have always been contentious in South Africa, including as you referenced since the end of of 94. The reason being is that land distribution is hugely skewed in South Africa, primarily as a a legacy of apartheid, because under the apartheid system, uh, blacks were dispossessed of their land. They were shoved into these Bantu stands or settlements, um, as they were known, and uh, whites were given land. Um, And so now a lot of those inequities still persist, um, where there's, there's outsized um, land ownership among whites and and still very little among blacks. What other ideas have been proposed to fix this problem? It's obviously been a long time since 1994, so give us a sense for what other ideas have been tried and failed. So uh, land expropriation is in the Constitution uh, that was promulgated after the fall of apartheid. And the, the key to the clause there is that um, it's not without compensation, right? So it's expropriation, but with fair and just or equitable compensation is the rubric under which um, uh, they have approached land reform issues. Now, some land has actually been um, expropriated under that clause, but it's it's very little, uh, and generally it's it's a it has been a, buy, a willing buyer, willing seller uh, model. So meaning whoever whomever uh, has their land taken is has been willing to sell it. This is new because it's expropriation without compensation. So it's a much more aggressive, much more draconian uh, approach to this land reform issue. A few weeks back in response to this, uh, President Trump tweeted, and this is probably why a lot of people know about it. He tweeted, quote, I have asked Secretary of State Pompeo to closely study the South Africa land and farm seizures and expropriations and the large scale killing of farmers, end quote. Now, many have said he is kind of oversimplifying a very complicated issue. What say you, and has any land been taken without compensation yet, and has there been killing of farmers? Where is he getting that? So Twitter does not lend itself to nuance or in-depth discussions, obviously. <laughs> no so, kidding. Yeah, I, I know that's a newsflash for you and, and all of our listeners here. But um, So uh, yeah, this is a very difficult and complex issue. The, and there, there's two, two issues here, right? There's land expropriation, and then there's the killing of white farmers. Now, they're linked, but they are separate. Uh, so the killing of white farmers, uh, absolutely white farmers have been killed. Now, the point of debate is, have they been targeted because they're white? Is this a systematic campaign uh, with, with government complicity, which is some of the, the charges you hear? Or is this just part of South Africa's, unfortunately, very crime-ridden culture? Like, There's a lot of violence in South Africa. It's a beautiful country. I've been there any number of times, but you have to be very, very careful um, about where you go and and what you do. So I suspect that, um, you know, the the numbers that you get on white killings from the government are probably a little understated. Mm. And the numbers you get on white killings from some of the white advocacy groups are overstated probably. Um, that, that's my guess. These, these numbers are very contentious. It's, it, it's impossible, frankly, to know for sure. You just have to choose who you're going to believe. So I try to split the difference, basically. Right. So what about taking land without compensation? 
Right. So that um, the reason that's linked to the the white issue is because, as we discussed earlier, whites own most of the land, including most of the farmland. So uh, this expropriation will absolutely target whites. Um, and one of my concerns, and perhaps we'll get into this a little bit later, but uh, with this expropriation is that it was introduced in Parliament by a party called the Economic Freedom Fighters. The name is ironic because they're Marxists and they believe in you know government ownership of, of everything, essentially. Mm. And they are absolutely radical and they very much have whites on their mind when they talk about expropriation. Now, again, given the realities of land ownership, it will be white land that's taken. But there's a certain malevolence to the EFF um, and and their perspective on on whites. Uh, so that's that's one of the great concerns. And there have been no expropriations without compensation to this point. That has not happened. Now there are rumors about two game farms that might be getting caught up in this. Again, very hard to discern what's actually going on. You hear different things. There. There have been lists uh, circulated that supposedly are from the government of white farms that are going to be seized, um, and that uh, advocates on on the on the white side of things. Um, and I, whites aren't a monolith on this. There's there's differences of opinion among the white community as well. But for white advocacy groups, they will say this is proof that the government is coming after uh, a lot of white land. I'm starting to pick up on a trend that there's a lot of uncertainty here. And typically when there's uncertainty, political games are being played. I I recently read that President Ramaphosa might not even be serious about doing expropriation without compensation, but rather he's using this to keep his party in power. How would you respond to that? There's absolutely a political element to this. And one of the reasons we know that is, again, there is land reform covered in the Constitution. Right Now, it hasn't been sufficient, obviously, and it's been very slow, and it's been dogged by all sorts of problems, but it's there. So there is a mechanism for doing it. The ANC, which is the ruling party, um, their popularity, its popularity has been sliding dramatically over the years. And unfortunately, land being such an evocative and emotional issue uh, makes it a perfect... Um, uh, opportunity for the ANC to whip up some favor with its base, which are the the poor black community. You said this is a super complex and difficult issue for South Africa. Quote, there clearly needs to be land reform in South Africa, but it needs to be done in a responsible and fair manner. So I have to ask, what is a responsible and mm. fair way to take private property and give it to someone else? I think it's the the willing buyer, willing seller model. Okay. Uh, now, of course, in, in the U.S., we have expropriation, right? Eminent domain, and and but that's a very different thing. That that is done. Okay, it, it's controversial even in the U.S., but there's a process around it. There's a legal process. There's restitution. It's done in limited circumstances. It doesn't target any particular class or or a race or anything like that. So it's very different. Hmm. But it is, you know, all governments recognize that they have the right to take land in certain situations, in very circumscribed situations, and they should be as circumscribed and as rare as possible. So there does need to be land reform. But again, it needs to be, I think, done on a willing seller, willing buyer basis. Now, the the retort to that is, well, we've tried that and it hasn't worked. But the problem is the government has badly mismanaged that process. That's why it hasn't worked. So the solution is not to give the government even more power, the government that's already failed to do a proper job of this land restitution or land reform issue. 
the answer is to clean up the government and you know, have a, a more competent and fair government that can oversee this process. So what should the proper U.S. response be to this? It's hard. The U.S. only has limited leverage in a situation like this where it's mostly about domestic politics in another country. And again, this is a very emotional issue, and there are very strong passions among the South African populace uh, on both sides of it, right? And, and understandably so. There, there is a history of injustice here under the apartheid regime that's decades old, and South Africa hasn't healed those wounds. So this is the very difficult situation the U.S. is, is grappling with. So I think what the U.S. should be doing is approaching the South African government as a friend and saying, look, we have these concerns about expropriation without compensation. We think that these would be the potential economic uh, repercussions, which would be very negative, and we don't want that for you, and you don't want that. So how can we help you with these other land reform efforts that you've tried, this, this previous model that hasn't gone well, but maybe there is opportunity there to uh, for the U.S. to help with technical capacity or, or something of that nature and uh, help them with the willing buyer, willing seller model, which has far fewer of the risks associated with it that expropriation without compensation does, that will be far less divisive to the national makeup of that country where you already have profound cleavages between the various classes and races there. So this this is just a very, expropriation without compensation, very risky um, almost certainly going to end badly, and the U.S. should be trying to persuade the South Africans and helping them find a different solution. Joshua, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. And thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll catch you next week. Heritage Explains is produced by Michelle Cordero and Tim Desher with editing by Thalia Rambersad.